Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. Okay, it's July 8th on Friday and <laughs> I was listening to something and from that a thought came to mind and from that thought another thought came to mind and i was look as and as i was looking <laughs> to find cuz my phone I, i'm i'm using my phone and my laptop here in atomica but anyway i i thought cuz my um ka good news physical bible is here let me just um peruse through the bible and try to look for the scripture in t- instead of googling to find the verse cuz there's a specific verse i want to find actually Okay, okay. So, tell you kwani how about that verse. So, as I am perusing and trying to find that verse, I came across another verse and now I've been stuck there and that these things like yo, there's so much wisdom in this verse. And then I'm like, this is exactly where um our society gets gets the equality everybody has a right kind of um claim. Like what if if you know um let me actually pause and try to remember the verse that I was going to look for before I forget let me just pause cuz that was also important <laughs> yeah i've remembered <laughs> i've remembered the verse okay so the specific verse right now that i came across while i was perusing looking for the other verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Let me now go to the NIV, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read first the Good News translation because that's the chapter 9 verse 9 from verse 9. Cuz that's what Nimesoma and I'm like, yo, okay. So I think the basic topic is like uh service and and um wages. You know, wages like um equality when it comes to wages when it comes to a service given like how how are we as human beings supposed to to interact in that way so no no like if i if i believe in god then i'm going to go to my god and see what he says about it right but if i don't believe in god and i believe i'm just to atoms floating around that just came about from a big bang then what right do i have to claim equality with any other person like you know i can say like okay no the laws of the land but if those laws were also created by fizzing atoms just to other atoms that you know like what right do you have to tell me i don't have a right to misuse somebody else and somebody might say okay no we have agreed that this person this fizzing atom person is the person who is in charge okay we have agreed right but what values do we have to hold on like who says that the values that we have agreed on i cannot decide to change and say no 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 you're not the the one in charge i hope i'm making sense you fizzing atom person we have put in charge you're not in charge i am in charge now what law is there to tell me that that is wrong 
if you're the same fizzing atom that I am. Like, I can claim, like, I don't respect your authority then. Am I wrong if I'm also a fizzing atom and you're also a fizzing atom? I'm just using the fizzing atom thing. If we are just the same two atoms floating around that were created with no purpose on this earth, uh, it makes it feels better to say earth, come on, Billy. On this earth, why, what right do you have to tell me I, I, what I can and cannot do? You know? And if the claim is no, you know, we have the society from Kitambo, we have continued creating a society and the, and the laws we see like this works, this doesn't work, we take it out, this works, this doesn't work, we take it out. Okay, so with that idea that, okay, so these laws are changing, right? They're not um, permanent. Aziko fixed. If the laws then are not fixed, that means there's a time where even what you, you say is wrong eventually will be the right thing. So me saying that I don't respect your authority and right now that is seen as a lawfully wrong thing, then who is to say that two years from now that lawfully wrong thing will not will be lawful like will just change since these laws are not fixed we don't have any fixed place where we get our 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 laws from right so who is to say because if here's my point if if people believe that we're just fizzing atoms and You know why 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 is there a, a why is there a need for equality why is there that need like why should i listen to somebody who tells me yo that person killed so and so or that person killed innocent people so they should be jailed if that person that fizzing atom killed other fizzing atoms according to your belief then they're just fizzing atoms. They've just become dead atoms. Not dead atoms. I don't know if atoms can die, actually. Maybe they just change matter. Like an, an atom is, I don't know. I'm not a scientist in that aspect. Like, see, that much. But I just know, like, we're all atoms. Right? But I believe we are atoms created by a creator. God himself tells me that I'm an atom because he even tells me that he created me and he tells me from dust you came and to dust you will return. Right? But something else about my God that is very different from the Big Bang fizzing atom theory is, is that God tells me that I have a spirit and that he gave me that spirit, the life that is in me, he gave me. And he tells me that he created me in my mother's womb for a purpose. Like he knows the reason why I exist. And if me as Juna Ninish Bomboa, if God has a reason for my existence, I'm not special. That means every human being that has been created God has a reason for their existence as well. Okay, so my question is like, okay, God, I'm not going to go to my my uh, president and ask him what purpose, what's my purpose for existing, because he didn't create me. I'm not going to go to my parents and ask them what's my purpose for existing. 
they didn't create me they might have brought me into the world physically but they didn't they weren't there saying you know what you're going to create a child on june on on february 20 28th and 1994 and that child is going to look like this and like this and like this and this is how old she will be when she discovers this and this is the issues she's going to go through okay we agree have you signed this contract okay she's going to have this x and y whatever and she's going to whatever and whatever and whatever okay that's that's the june that's june let's create no they <laughs> it's like um what's in the box game for parents like you really don't know how your child will look like you don't really know who they will turn out to be but you do know you're carrying a child you will give them a name some go even and change their names which is i don't think there's an issue but my point is like you choose the name for them you choose where they are born sometimes you have control over where they are born but you have no control over like over their life you have no control over their life when they will die how long they will live i think that's the same thing who they will turn out to be who they will interact with and the people who try to control 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 it's so hard because you can't you can't you can't so here's the thing okay i have a god i can't go to my parents to i can't go to my teacher i can't go to my i mean they can advise me okay you can do this and this and this to try and see where your passion is but they honestly don't know my purpose on this earth right so i on i, I the one the one person I can go to is the person who created me. For sure he has a reason for my existence. Otherwise why would he make me exist, create me 9 months I'm born and now I'm I'm existing for 20 plus years on this earth. Taking space. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so at least i have somebody to go to my creator but if we are all fizzing atoms created in a big bang what right do we have to claim equality what right do we have to claim violation does that make sense like if somebody if another fizzing atom makes a decision to do something that is quote unquote lawfully wrong these laws that keep changing made by human beings because if we are all fizzing atoms and the, our authority also sees us as fizzing atoms we all agree as a society we are fizzing atoms and the laws we are making they are not fixed we can change them So one time it's okay to enslave a human being. The next time, you know what? Yeah, we realize that uh science tells us that they have the same brain as us. So yeah. Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong, yeah. Yeah. It's wrong. Wrong. Wrong because of what? Who says it's wrong? There are people still now enslaving other people. And to them it's okay. whether science tells them otherwise or not to them it's okay so what right do you have if 
we are, if even those people are fizzing atoms. You know? So, I think like when I've read this verse, and I'm like, you know what? Most probably, the laws of the land that have helped stabilize humanity, most of them are from the Bible. Most of them are from the God, the one true God, Yahweh. The Ten Commandments. But then right now, when us as a society, we claim, no, we don't believe in that God. Yeah, those are primitive ideas. Yeah, no, no. We can have as many gods as we want. Who is to say I'm not my own God? Yeah, I don't believe in that. We are just fizzing atoms. That's why the law keeps changing and changing today, tomorrow, tomorrow. One time now somebody can, you know, like... <laughs> Um, let me first read First Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine, from verse nine, and see and explain what, why all this came to mind. First Corinthians chapter nine. I don't even think this will be a recording for a, a study because I don't even know what study this is. <laughs> I have no idea, but I thought like there's so much coming to mind right now. Let me just record. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine. Um, let me start from verse one anyway. Rights, oh, rights and duties of an apostle. Nilianza 2 verse 9. But this is for an apostle. But even the topic rights and duties. There's so much here. I'm not claiming to understand everything about humanity, but manze. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not a free man? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord? And aren't you the result of my work for the Lord? Even if others do not accept me as an apostle, surely you do. Because of your life in union with the Lord, you yourselves are proof of the fact that I am an apostle. When people criticize me, this is how I defend myself. Haven't I the right to be given food and drink for my work? Haven't I the right to follow the example of the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Peter, by taking a Christian wife with me on my travels? Or are Barnabas and I the only ones who have to work for our living? What soldier, has, what soldier ever has to pay his own expenses in the army? What farmer does not eat the grapes from his own vineyard? What shepherd does not use the milk from his own sheep? I don't have to limit myself to these everyday examples. Because the law says the same thing. There's a footnote. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 4 and 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 18. But the law is Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 4. We read in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox when you are using it to thresh corn. Now, is God concerned about oxen? Didn't he really mean us when he said that? Of course, that was written for us. The one who plows... Plows, yeah. The one who plows and the one who reaps should do their work in the hope of getting a share of the crop. 
there's another footnote. Romans chapter 15 verse 27. The one who plows and the one who reaps should do their work in the hope of getting a share of the crop. We have sown spiritual seed among you. Is it too much if we reap material benefits from you? If others have the right to expect this from you, haven't we an even greater right? But we haven't made use of this right. But we haven't made use of this right. But they do have a right. But they haven't made use of it. Okay. Instead, we have endured everything in order not to put any obstacles in the way of the good news about Christ. Surely, you know that the men who work in the temple get their food from the temple that those who offer the sacrifices on the altar get a share of the sacrifices. In the same way, there's a footnote right there, Matthew chapter 10 verse 10 and Luke chapter 10 verse 7. In the same way, the Lord has ordered that those who preach the gospel should get their living from it. But I haven't made use of any of these rights, nor am I writing this now in order to claim such rights for myself. I would rather die first. Nobody is going to turn my rightful boast into empty words. I have no right to boast just because I preach the gospel. After all, I am under orders to do so. And how terrible it would be for me if I did not preach the gospel. If I did my work as a matter of free choice, then I would then I could expect to be paid. Mm. If I did my work as a matter of free choice, then I could expect to be paid. But I do it as a matter of duty because God has entrusted me with this task. What pay do I get then? It is the privilege of preaching the good news without charging for it, without claiming my rights in my work for the gospel. I'm a free man, nobody's slave but I make myself everybody's slave in order to win as many people as possible. While working with the Jews, I live like a Jew in order to win them. And even though I myself do not subject, um, and even though I myself am not subject to the law of Moses, I live as though I were when working with those who are in order to win them. In the same way, when working with Gentiles, I live like a Gentile outside the Jewish law in order to win Gentiles. This does not mean I don't obey God's law. Mm -mm. Get this right, okay? I am, I am really under Christ's law. Among the weak in faith, I become weak like one of them in order to win them. So I become all things to all people that I may save some of them by whatever means are possible. All this I do for the gospel's sake, in order to share in its blessings. Surely, you know that many runners take part in a race, but only one of them wins the race. But only one of them wins the prize. Run then in such a way as to win the prize. Every athlete in training submits to strict discipline in order to be crowned with a wreath that will not last. But we do it for one that will last forever. That is why I run straight for the finishing line. That is why I'm like a boxer who does not waste his punches. Mm, mm, mm. 
I harden my body with blows and bring it under complete control. Oof. To keep myself from being disqualified after having called others to the context. Contest. Bruh. And then he continues in verse 10. Okay. There's so much there, man. Paul. But this is what I understood from like the, from the, not I understood. This is the part where I was fixated. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse nine, where he talks about, we read this, we read in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. You see like those many laws that God gave about how the Israelites should live, about how they should treat their animals, their neighbors, parents, um, the leaders are in a priest and stuff like that. The foreigners, you know, what they should do in battle or whatever, all these things. And Paul, no, is this Paul? Yeah. Killing <laughs> you confused now, Peter. Paul picks this specific law and says it applies to this specific topic he's talking about. And it's about an oxen being muzzled while it's threshing corn. Like how right here, we still use like to, because the shamba is not that big anyway. Um, we use, and it's cheaper, we use the cows, the oxen, right? And that thingy is attached to like plow the ground, the machine it's attached, and the cows are, the oxen, the cows, yeah? They are pulling that machine that plows the ground, and then somebody comes and plants the seed like right after that. But the thing is, some people, they muzzle the ox. They put that ca 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 cage-like thing on their, on, their, on their cow's mouth or even the donkeys when they're like carrying water and stuff like that. Okay. One, for the donkeys, I think it's because some donkeys bite. Most donkeys, like, if they're like, <laughs> you know, like to like, no, for them not to bite. But at the same time, I think for the cows, it's so that they don't eat the corn. Wait, but is the land being plowed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, let's say it's harvest time or something like that. You know, you muzzle it so that it doesn't eat your harvest. But it's the same oxen that plowed that land. And now you're threshing the corn, like you're harvesting it. Should the worker not get equal pay? That's that, that's where I was going with this, right? The wages from a service. And Paul says, I have sown spiritual seeds among you guys. And your fruit is evident that I am an apostle. That's what he says like in verse 2. Even if others do not accept me as an apostle, surely you do because of your life in union with the Lord. You yourselves are proof of the fact that I am an apostle. Because of the life you live, the fruit that you're showing as a, as with, with, in your union with Christ, you know, the fruits of righteousness that are being seen among you guys, it's proof that I sowed spiritual seed among you and it's, it has grown and it has, it's, there's fruit. So I'm not a false teacher, quote unquote, you know, but then Paul is saying, I understand. And it's very clear that I have a right to reap from, from the harvest I have 
sown. The harvest I have sown. From what I have sown, right? I have a right. It's very clear. And even um, even he goes ahead and explains how the farmer, you know, um, has a right to eat from his vineyard. Um, and all these other examples. And then he goes to, like, talk about do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. And to be honest, like, I immediately when I read that, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I was also writing it down. I, I like to write the verses down while I'm reading them because I think it sticks more in my head <laughs> somehow. So anyway, so while I'm writing it down, I'm like, oh, my gosh, June, can you apply this in your life? And I think this is just me. And I'm thinking like, oh, my God, the, the dogs, our dogs are protecting us. And I'm thinking like, do we feed them Vizuri? Like, I'm just thinking like, do they get equal wages like just simple just something like that like they you know if they're offering security for us are like are we taking care of their health are we taking care of their wages like, like their food their wages stuff like that and i'm thinking okay the people working on our land are we paying them if visually the people working for us in any capacity like are they getting the equal pay because according to god they should. They have a right. So even me, as somebody claiming to be a Christ follower, I will account to God. I, you know, I will account to God on my act, regarding my actions on whether the service that was given to me, if if I paid the the, the wages, even. Oh my goodness, Jesus, is it Jesus? Yeah, talks about this parable of this, of the, um, this guy who went and was wanted people to like um, work on his field. And he was asking about the wages, the daily wages. And he went to some guys who were there who didn't have work. And he was like, yo, I want you guys to work for like the daily wages. How much for the daily wages? I'm paraphrasing. And they were like, me a hundred bob or like 200 bob, 200 bob. So like, okay, you'll pay us 200 bob to work on your feed daily wages. So Nani is like, okay, bet, 20, 20 kwashamba, work for my nini, I'll pay you a hundred. That's like in the morning, right? And then he, he, in the, he went, he, uh, he went, <laughs> he goes and like say midday, like around lunchtime, he finds other workers, I'm paraphrasing again. And then. He's like, you guy, I want you to work in my field. Do you have work? Like, yeah, okay, I'll still pay you the daily wages, right? 200 bob daily wages. The guy's like, for sure, 20, 20 kwashambako. And so there's this guy who's working like from morning, somewhere from 6, from 6 to like 4 p.m. And I'm a 7. I don't know, daily wages. 8. From 8 to like 4, 4 right? Or 5, Gioni. And then... That person is paid 200 and then another person, the employer or the person, yeah, the employer employs somebody else you need to work from one in the afternoon to five. So, you know, one is working more hours and the other one is working less hours, but they're still paid the same because it's the daily wages because the payment is equal. You see? <laughs> there's a standard there's a standard so and then 
Um, so eventually in the parable, I don't even know if it's a parable or Jesus was just saying something, but I think it's a parable. So I need to go back to that because I'm not lying. Whenever I would read that parable, I, I would not understand what Jesus is saying. When it comes to like, why did you give this as an example? I'm going to find that nini. I never understand. Like, I get like, okay, these guys are complaining that you paid them less than the others because they worked more hours. And then the owner of the land is like, yo, you guys, we agreed. Daily wages, right? 200 bob, right? We agreed. So don't complain to me. Why are you complaining that I, nini, or are you, are you telling me that, nini, my, are you, um, are you pointing fingers at me? Is it me that you're accusing that I'm not generous or I'm not like, um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, just, I've not done things justly, something like that. But I never understand like in context with what Jesus is saying. I need to go back and read that because right now that has come to mind and it's Jesus himself saying about how I think it's the kingdom of God. Is it about, does he end that with the first will become last and the last will become first? Again, I, I honestly need to study that and listen to people who have taught on that because when it comes to that specific parable, I don't understand why, why, nini. I don't know. I don't really understand that. But that has also come to mind when it comes to wages, right? There's a standard. There's a daily wages, there's a standard. And the, the owner... The owner of the land can can stand proudly. I mean, like, has confidence with with the with the um, with them with his when it comes to his morals and how he has acted when when it comes to paying the wages. You know, morally, he's like, no, I've done things justly. We agreed on a daily wage. The guy has done his job from, from one to five. I've paid him his daily wage. This dude, you guys, we agreed on your daily wage. Don't complain. I've paid you what we agreed, right? But Jesus is not saying you guys are fizzing atoms. And so I am the judge. You know, I am the judge. We had agreed because even when it comes to Jesus is Jesus. He's seeing God as the authority, right? And when I say that, I'm not contradicting. Jesus is God. You know? <laughs> Jesus is seeing God as the authority. So when Jesus himself gives orders, he is the authority. He clearly says that he, he does what he sees his father doing. He says what his father is saying. Jesus is God. So even in that parable, the landowner is the authority when it comes to like being just because the landowner is representing like God in that parable. Again, I haven't gone back to read exactly, but yeah, because if it's the kingdom of God, the landowner is the one who's paying, right? The wages is like judgment day or something like that. And the yoninis are judged. They are weighed. The, the, you know, they are weighed on the cascale. You know, and you're paid your wages. What is due? What you're due? What is due? Anyway, do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. 
Sunana. And then Paul later says, I understand that I have that right. Because God himself, because his authority is God. God himself tells me I have that right, even in the law of Moses. We all understand. And then, oh my gosh. Paul can use this verse and say, didn't he really mean us when he said that? It's how Jesus can read the Ten Commandments and says, do not murder. And then comes and tells people while he's in the um, Sermon on the Mount. Anyway, the Sermon on the Mount account. And he says, when you are angry, raka, when you say raka or something, the con, the con, in content, when contempt, no. Like when you're angry at your brother, and you're like, me, I associate Raka with like clicking, like, you know. So like, you're showing contentment. Is it contentment? Anyway, like when you're angry with your brother, that is, I'm paraphrasing, that is equal to murder. To God. The God who gave the laws. That's what God's, that's, that's the essence. That's the like. The heart of the of the law. That's the heart of the law. Do not murder. It's not only physical. It starts with the heart. And anger leads to murder. And God says even that anger is equal to murder. Jesus says that. So Paul is not wrong when he goes to this verse in Deuteronomy and says, do, and read, he recounts it like, do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. And says, God is talking to us about equal pay. <laughs> you know, didn't he read, now is God concerned about oxen? Didn't he, I mean, of course God is concerned, but there's, a, there's the heart of the law, the heart. God is saying, didn't Paul is saying, didn't he really mean us when he said that? Of course, that was written for us. The one who plows and the one who reaps should do their work in the hope of getting a share of the crop. Even Jesus talks about uh, in John chapter 4, after the Samaritan woman and the apostles, his his disciples come to him and they're like, yo, okay, nobody wanted to ask him about the woman thing. Why are you talking? Why are you guys talking with the Samaritan and whatever? But then they are they ask like they ask Jesus, like you must be, I'm paraphrasing, like you must be hungry. Like, have you eaten? Am I here's food or something? Jesus says, like, I have food that you guys have no, like you know nothing about. Yeah, the food that I eat, you guys know nothing about it. And then right down there, Jesus talks about sowing and reaping. You guys are reaping. The wage that you're getting is a wage that they're, they're like, you're reaping what you did not sow. So when it comes to like how humans should interact with humans and how God discernment judgment how god judges us judges us and how we should judge each other you know god is saying it should be just it should be just j-u-s-t 
It's, it should be just judgment. Morally right. And, mora, and the, mor, the morality is godly right. Like morality when it comes to what God says is morally right. God says how you treat your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. I think this is, it's so connected. It's the same thing. Jesus says, the one, this guy who comes and asks Jesus, which is the most um, important law, I'm paraphrasing, which is the most important law that God gave. And Jesus asks this guy, and this guy says like, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, money, mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is not far away from you. But there's also another part where Jesus is asked and he answers that same thing. He's asked like which of the laws is greater. And then he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second one is the same. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So my neighbor can be this animal, the oxen, my dog. When it comes to like, this is the heart of the message is how you interact with God's creatures. And humans are God's creatures, right? But Jesus is saying how we interact with each other as human beings. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Equality. Paul says... You don't hate your own body, even though that was in connection with if in Ephesians chapter 5, right? Christ and the church. But it's the same. You, you shouldn't hate your own body, right? So if you are one in Christ, if, you're one, if all the members of Christ make up one body, the body of Christ, we are one. We should be unified in Christ. You're not supposed to hate your own body. You know, that's not the context Paul is saying, but at the same time, when it comes to that, that uh, wisdom, man, there's so much here. Cause like, when our society starts straying away and leaving behind God's moral law, that's why the law of the land will always be changing to fit the popular narrative. One time you'll find women and orphans are the most cared for. But the other time people might say, oh no, 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 they're not, they're not what? I don't know. Laws can change like that. One time you find like a child is is underage, semi-18 and below the underage. And because humans and our hearts, uh, our heart, the, need, the desires of our hearts are evil, and sexual immorality tamba like everywhere, man. Anyway, since, since the existence of time, when it comes to like, I don't mean like time, 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 the beginning, but I mean like even the days of Noah, you know. But my point is like, since our hearts are nini, if we are trying to create the law of the land according to our own laws, the hearts that are in the law of the, we are told like um, we are un, we are enslaved. Our flesh is enslaved by sin. 
So we are slaves to sin. So which laws are we following? Slaves don't follow their own laws. Slaves follow the laws of their masters. So if my master is God, then I'm following God's law. But if my master is the world and culture, then I'm following the law of culture. And if a, if a, if a, if a nation is ruled by the law of culture, then the law of the land starts turning into the law of the culture. And culture is like wind. It's not stagnant in one place. You can't point at wind. It's always moving. There's no aim. Wind is not aiming to go somewhere specifically. It's just moving. That's how culture is. So one time we are told to be prideful. We are, we are told we are following God's law and God is telling us this is wrong. Pride is wrong. Homosexuality is wrong. But now when we start moving and forgetting God's law, we start following the law of culture. The mark changes. And now the law of the land even changes. Like, the, like law, written law now changes. To where you're, you're like, you are legally wrong when you say this and this about homosexuality. Because according now to the law of the land that is following culture, homosexuality is okay. And anyone who says anything that is anti-homosexuality is anti the law. Parents now can be jailed for telling their children that no, you are not a boy, you're a girl, and I'm not going to allow you to go to, to hospitals and be mutilated because my dear eight-year-old son, girl, your mind has not developed enough to even understand who Santa is. You still think Santa is real. But it's okay for you to say that you're a boy and I should allow you. The law of the land is telling me, which is equal to the law of culture, is telling me that I should allow you to go and harm your body, something that will can never be reverted. You're allowing, you want me to allow you to go and scar yourself. Your, all your life, you'll always have that scar. And if I say no, because I know better, I am jailed. I was reading this verse, First Corinthians chapter, First Corinthians chapter nine. Do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. Oh my gosh, something has come to mind. Do not muzzle an ox when you're using. Yes, there's this context of like. Um, what Paul is talking about, right? 
about rights and pay and wages. Do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. The, the countries, the nations, the communities, the families that were founded with the oxen, by the oxen, by the energy of the oxen, by the work of the oxen, the land that was till, tilled, tilled, the land that was Iliplawiwa, right? The land that was plowed by this oxen. The owner that used this oxen to plow the land. Right? So if so the work and the energy that was put on this land is from this oxen. But then later you can say, like, ugh, even though this oxen has got me this gotten me this far. And now I'm my my land and my and my and my nini my harvest is so nini high um, the yield is so high because like yo this oxen imefanya kazi you know work 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 it may work you know what I mean and it's because of the energy of this oxen that imenieka penye niko sahi but nitafika point ni seme oxen you know what? Yeah, no. No, you don't deserve the, the praise. You don't deserve the recognition. You don't deserve to, to, to eat, to be fed by, from your hard work. Something else I'm seeing, and again, I'm not saying this is the thing, but I, am, I can use this as an analogy, right? Do not muzzle an ox. Do not muzzle an ox when you are using it to thresh corn. It's like nations, families, um, all these institutions that marriages, families, it's the same thing as marriages to me. So that were built by Nini on the foundation was the law of God. And then later, these nations, families, organizations, that were built and founded on the law of God, using God's law and the rights gotten from God's law and the wisdom gotten from God's law, you know, now later changes and starts following the law of the culture. So what it does, it does not attribute its success it does not attribute the penyemefika to God. It does not give praise to God, to, the, to where God has brought it, like the wisdom of God. There are nations right now that attribute their success because of the law of the land that was founded on God's law. The reason why equality exists is because God's law was put into practice. The reason why um, equality on all any wages, gender, when it comes to male and, and female being treated equally, when it comes to children being, being nini, protected, when it comes so many things, technology, research, science, these things that imefikisha 
our our nini um our economy stroke like where we are right now most of the institutions and the nations were founded on god's law most successful institutions and nations were built on god's law but it muzzled it it africa point you're muzzling god's law you're putting a cap on god's law and you're now following the law of, of the culture that's why things are falling apart that's why things don't make sense when god's law says there is ma- male and female and that's how you built your culture and to where it is right now this, that's why things are sensible that's why even the things we're discovering they continue making sense when you align them with god's law when you go back to god's law you're like oh my gosh this makes sense this makes sense that's why you can advance because there's structure there's foundation a firm foundation but when you remove that firm foundation when you remove the cornerstone the corner the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone and it is marvelous in our eyes that's jesus after he talked about the parable of tenants but there are nations right now rejecting the cornerstone and so the foundation becomes shaky and guess what the building falls and crumbles that's why societies now that have forgotten god's law have muzzled god's law they're crumbling they're crumbling unlivable like so much has come to mind when i've just read this verse do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn you used god's law to build your societies the wisdom in god's law the 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 ritual the consistency in the the secu- no no you can when you can you can rely you, you rely on something that is it's so reliable god's law is um word you can lean on god's law because you know it's unmovable it makes sense that's why now <laughs> when you say gender is fluid people start saying they're animals now and their identity can be anything and teachers are being are losing their jobs because they're saying no when a child says i'm a cat and you should refer to me as a cat and i should have my own litter box right there in the corner something that should be encouraging children when it comes to creativity but you guide god tells us to you need parents to guide their children according to god's laws there's a verse like that and i've forgotten how it says so that they when they they will not depart when they are are forgotten but even god himself says that even those who do not excuse me even those who um like there is a conscience that is in our hearts that 
even hata tukataeaje hata tukataeaje deep down you know right and wrong it's so sad but it's like a cycle that is happening because even when you read the bible it's the same thing when it comes to these cities and nations the israelites that were once following god's law and then they started i'll, I'll use this phrase like they muzzled god's law and they started allowing other gods the law of culture into their land king king jezebel king ahab and the the wife queen jezebel allowing false prophets who are just saying sweet nothings empty words i think even paul says that but i don't know if that's the context he is referring to when it comes to when he says empty words you know these prophets are just saying empty words oh don't worry don't worry the nini the universe will bring everything to you manifest things into your reality you can become god you are your own god which pattern is that that sounds so familiar aha uh-huh. it's literally the first story of the how the how the devil deceived human beings telling them that they can be like god But since we have muzzled God's law we have no we have we have no vision we are blind we are blind we are blind the cookie is crumbling okay the cookie is crumbling it's crumbling that's why I'm I'm, I'm wondering like these these things somebody somebody can say something that is scientifically true factual but because the law of the land stroke culture says like no no you shouldn't say that that is harmful and that is hurtful okay don't say that oh my gosh no don't say that that hurts my feelings and so somebody will be like <laughs> we are muzzling truth you're muzzling truth the truth that has gotten you this far now you're kicking it out it's like you start building with a firm foundation and then later you're like oh yeah no no let's just start no don't don't usiaribu the building no don't take down the the institutions no don't don't shut them out No, let's just change the foundation. Let's just go start digging up the foundation while the building is still standing. No, don't worry about a cornerstone. Why don't worry about pillars? Pillars? No. I mean, I'm not a builder to understand how a house stands. <laughs> I'm not going to claim that. No, but my point is like when you muzzle truth truth do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn you're using that that truth is the truth that has gotten you this far you're relying 
you're relying on these institutions that were built that's why even now universities very high-end universities are just useless degrees because now truth has stopped being truth what you went to learn in school that is factual that makes sense that the society has been built on that you're supposed to go and learn there so you can after you you've learned you can take that information that is truthful and reliable and now apply it in the land that is still working on these same facts and laws now the truth that you're going to work now you can argue no 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 i'm sorry this is not true this is not true no this you 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 what degree are you working like i don't even understand if you're going to study something that claims facts that this is facts i think no wonder people are dropping out because when you go to school that is teaching about facts no wonder even institutions are now changing their they're, they're teaching nonsense <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know if I have a right to claim this, but I I think I exist in the same culture, so as a member of this culture, <laughs> as a member of, as a 21st centurion, <laughs> I, have a, I, I, I have a say anyway. I have a say to what I see. We are... Dini, school has stopped becoming a place where you're getting information that you can use to develop the society and has just become a place where people just go to get patted on the back like, you're right, you're right. Let me teach you more lies and, and let's just confuse these things so that you can just, we'll get your money, we'll get your money. Come spend all the money you want right here in our schools, but we'll teach you everything. You want to introduce what? Oh, that's okay. No, this institution was founded on godly laws, but because we are muzzling truth, I don't even know what topic this is, if it's even a topic. Maybe this is just for me. Like there's so much in this verse. First Corinthians chapter 9. And it's way off from what the verse that I was actually going to read. <laughs> But what right does somebody have to claim when it comes to wages, equality? And by wages, I don't mean that just at the work, like a nine-to-five work, whatever, those type of things, white-collar jobs, whatever. No, I just mean, what right do I have to say somebody has violated my rights when we are all just fizzing atoms? People are going there saying justice, justice, justice. You're trying to use the law of God that you have muzzled. To claim justice, justice, but you're just fizzing atoms. What right does a, a fizzing atom have? What right? If the, if you don't believe in a creator that created you, then you're all just fizz, fizzing atoms. You're just dust. You're dust. You have no right to complain. You have no right to complain. You're just dust. Because the law of the land is changing. Who is to say tomorrow the law of the land will not say everybody kill each other? What right do you have to say? No, that is wrong. No. 
if you're relying on the law of the land that is constantly now changing because it has lost its footing, because it's no longer built and founded on the law of God that is, um, you can rely on it, that is, your word name is how? That is called? Oh man, I've forgotten that word. Anyway, do not muzzle an ox. I think I should read also the NIV. First Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the results of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on, on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas, Peter? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely do I say this merely on human authority? Even Paul is bringing up the human authority and the law of God, God's authority. Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? The law of God. For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading, treading, oh yeah, treading. Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes. It was written for us because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in hope of sharing in the harvest. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have the right to support, of support from you, should we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything on the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hide. We put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Oh, okay. But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple? And that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not of but I but I have not used but I have not used any of these rights. Am I not use uh, I'm trying to read it like every single word to understand it. Because sometimes the two things I come across. But verse 15. But I have not used any of these rights. Am I not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me? For I would rather die. Am I not writing this? No, Paul says he's not writing this. Am I not? 
Am I not writing this in the hope that you would do such things for me? For I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. Verse 15 is different from Good News Translation. But I have not used any of these rights. Am I not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me? For I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. How I'm understanding this verse 15 is Paul is saying I have the right to claim a wage, quote unquote wage, like, like you know, um, to eat from, to have, to, to, nini, to receive my uh, nini, a share of the harvest, like, you know, and I would rather die, like, but then Good News Translation says, verse 15, how I understood it is, it says, but I haven't made use of any of these rights, nor am I writing. Like, it's a continuation, like, neither am I writing this to claim. But NIV, vile na yeleo inasema, like, but I am right, but am I not writing this to claim that I have? You see, it's like the opposite. Good news. But I haven't made use of any of these rights, nor am I writing this now in order to claim such rights for myself i would rather die fast nobody is going to turn my rightful boast into empty words you see so i think he's saying uh, maybe i'm misunderstanding this part i mean it doesn't like change what, what i'm talking about but i just want to also understand contextually like what paul is talking about because nobody is going to turn my rightful boast into So it's three days later, 11th July, and it's on Monday. So meaning I'm supposed to upload on Tuesday. And I realized since I wasn't sure exactly what topic this was that I'm talking about, um, the more I started, I went back, you know, Nilia Chananayo. And because anyway, Penye, the, the recording in Meishia, it feels like in Mekatoa. Yeah, like it's. I don't know how I, why I can't speak <laughs> the past one week. I can't just speak. Um, how the recording has ended. Apparently, the data on my not the data, the space on my phone, Lisha, right? So I'm I'm glad I could portray this case. So anyway, so my point is, yes, it abruptly stopped right there, and I didn't realize after like some twenty minutes. So this is three days later. They just want to mention something that has happened right now. So after three days, in the three days, I was I went back to study for the the study that I was actually studying before coming across this verse in Corinthians about the muzzle, muzzling an ox, yeah, because I came across that while I was studying for another study. So I went. I've been studying for that other study, and it has been hard because it's a topic I really want to understand. I don't want just to jump into it just so that I have an episode. That's something I've been telling God. God, I just don't want to study something just so that I have an episode. Because I know myself and I'll be lying to myself that I'm doing this for me. 
And in the real case, if I'm just studying to have an episode, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for just to publish. And I, like I'm not sub- subscribing to that. <laughs> no, the goal is to know God, not to build or whatever, you know. So anyway, today, lights them a blink. So today, literally like two minutes ago, yeah. So I was like, okay, God, I haven't even finished studying for this study that I think it's so important. I need to understand. I am I'm scared. Honestly, I'm scared of just creating my own things. I just don't want to create my own things. I don't understand. Anyway, all these things. So I'm like, okay, God, I started recording this other recording and I wasn't, I'm not sure if it's, if it's to I'm not sure if I'm meant to publish it or not. Like, so uh, today, I was like really stuck on that, and knowing that I'm supposed to at least, I have Monday, I have this evening. It's not even evening. It it's eight fifty eight. So it's nine usiku. So I have like. Some few hours had Tuesday ifike to decide on what is going to happen. <laughs> and while I was like, okay, just June watch some videos. I was watching a video on YouTube. And while I'm watching, in the back of my mind I'm 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 focusing on like God, honestly. I think I'm wasting my time watching all these things because I really need to focus on the study. And then I had the word muzzle. And I'm like, wait, pause. You know? I, I was like, God, chill. Wait. I rewinded. And the guy is talking about muzzling. And I'm like, I think this for sure is God telling me that this, the topic, because, okay, I'm, I was leaning towards titling the topic muzzle. Right? That Okay. My God, I can't speak. I hope I'm making sense. So after three days ago, after I recorded, okay, lights the Berudi. Three days ago, after I recorded that cash one hour recording about the muzzling an ox, I titled it muzzle on my phone three days ago, right? And I was like, whatever that is, it's fine. I've talked about what I need to talk, even though it may shakatikati. You know, what came to mind, I I, I shared. It's fine. But then, three days after, I'm still like, okay, God, I don't think this study, this main study that I'm, I've been studying is ready because I don't feel like it's ready because I don't understand. I don't feel like I'm, I've understood much in the study. I don't feel I've put in enough time to study you know, and I don't want, this is not a study I want to go in while I haven't studied. You know, those studies were like, them. well, that I know the topic and I just start reading the verses and stuff like that. And it takes me like five hours because <laughs> sometimes I don't have like the notes. I honestly want this, I want to understand this study and I want to take it serious. So I was like, okay, so if tomorrow on Tuesday I'm not uploading this study that I've been studying, the other recording that I feel like 
can be a recording is this muzzled recording but i'm not sure if i should upload it because i just don't want to publish an episode just to publish so that's what was going on in my head and in the background i'm listening to this video on youtube and i had the word muzzle <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> and i'm like oh, oh i think god you're answering me and aki gosh so i was like this is too good to be true i can't like i know god works i know but in my like this doubt thought came to mind like this is too good to be true june maybe it's the devil trying to trick you like this is god's this is this god talking to you and trying to tell you that like giving you a confirmation that muzzle is the recording that you can upload tomorrow and i'm like come on like i don't think there's anything there that that praises the devil in the episode maybe i was a little bit passionate because it's a topic it's it's a it's something that i'm currently seeing in the society right now and understanding that my young my even my 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 family is go, is growing in this culture like to not grow in this culture and we are bringing up families in this culture that we don't even know it's going to end up if right now at 20 Eight. I'm twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I turned twenty-eight on twenty-eighth Feb. Okay, yeah. So, at twenty-eight, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by where the society is right now. But anyway, God is telling me you shouldn't be shocked. This is, this has been happening in the world for times and times like times again, right? Because I remembered even the Noah situation. I don't think we're there yet, but who says it won't go back to the Noah situation where like every single person was like, you know? So um, those are the concerns that I have. And I think that's why when I read this verse about muzzling an ox, I was like, yo, right. The, the idea of rights came to mind and I'm like, I think this is what the issue is. People are people want justice, but they're refusing true justice. They want justice in the they want to bring about justice, but in their own way that is at that is with fault. Like in Hayezi work that's at fault. Man's way is always at fault. God's way is always perfect, right? And that's why I was saying most of our societies have been built by God's law, right? The laws that have held most of our societies together are laws gotten and principles gotten and that have originated from the word of God because it can be, it's reliable because it is truth. But when you crucify truth, it's you denying. Nini, um, stability. 
that's why things are just everywhere and anything can be anything because there's no we're not even relying on facts on facts actual reliable facts it's so sad you know so i think anyway so i think that's why i was uh, i have been passionate in that that nini recording because it's part of my life i mean i'm alive it's a society i'm in my children will ask me about the times mom remember the times when this was happening in your culture remember if remember the times when you guys at least at your time you either stopped this from getting worse or you allowed it to get to where it is and now this is where it has found me your child i'm existing in a culture that has been bred by your ideologies at your time and you did nothing about it you know like these things <sighs> but anyway jesus is seated as king he is ruling that's why i can confidently stand proudly and proclaim that he is the truth you know so i think just so that the my conclusion in my previous this is like a section i'm going to insert in the middle <laughs> hopefully it will make sense but after this pause that i'm going to pause in like one minute i'm going to now conclude the the sentence that i was talking about when i was talking about paul and how um that verse the niv is i'm reading and understanding the niv differently it's like they have um wameandika differently as compared to the good news translation or the king james or the nasb yeah and usually the good news translation is the one that's like mm, i'm not sure and then the king james and king james and then the nasb and the niv are usually like same group same was up <laughs> same was up but okay 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 one minute imesha so that was interesting and i think that's the study that i'm going to upload tomorrow muzzle yeah so i think i'm going to conclude in the next um section after pausing now okay bye Okay, it's Tuesday, 12th July. <laughs> and I've just realized literally like 5 minutes ago, I came in I I started I was pre- as I was preparing for this study, you know, to conclude this study, I still had the the mentality and the idea that the NIV 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse fi- from verse 15 Yeah, it's actually verse 15. The NIV has worded it wrongly 
turns out I'm the one who's reading it wrong. <laughs> like, ni me repeat this part so many times. Am I not writing this? Am I not writing this? In verse 15, turns out it's not am I not, it's and I am not. Somehow in my head, I'm, I'm seeing the words and I am not, but I'm reading them as am I not. That's why I came to a different conclusion when I read the NIV and I was like, the NIV is different. So they're the same. Let me just read now First um, Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 15, right? To say verse 16. No, no, just verse 15 alone. In the good news, in the NIV and in the NASB, right? So let me start with the good news. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15. My point is they are the same. I, I was just reading it wrongly. Verse 15, good news translation. But I haven't made use of any of these rights, nor am I writing this now in order to claim such rights for myself. I would rather die first. Nobody is going to turn my rightful boast into empty words. Okay, so my understanding there is Paul is saying, I, I don't... I haven't used any of these rights. I have the right, but I haven't made use of it. And I'm not writing this letter to claim the right, you know. It's not I'm writing this to like um, argue with you guys to show you that I have the right so that you allow me or like you, you, like, you know, you agree with me. So I'm claiming my right. No, you know. So that's what I've concluded. I've, I've understood currently anyway there's room for change but i think i think that's what i'm reading so the niv this is what the niv reads first corinthians chapter 9 verse 15 but i have not used any of these rights and i am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me for i would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this post so you see <laughs> it's the same thing nasb First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. But I have used none of these things, the rights. But I have used none of these things. And I am not writing these things so that it will be done so in my case. For it will be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. Right? So Paul is saying, I have the right, but I have not made use of that right. And by the way, don't confuse this letter to show to mean that I am actually claiming the right and now I'll start any um expecting you guys to pay me you know for the work that I'm doing you know and he's saying like he you know he's not he's like he would rather die right than to think that he can boast you know he actually has the right to boast that his work his service deserves the wages he has that right, even God says that he has that right. But he has made a decision himself to say, you know what? The service that I'm doing is duty. It's my duty to God. You know, if I was doing it for free, then yes, like I would, you know, I would demand the wage. But my duty is to God. It's a it, like the service that I'm giving you guys is my duty to God. You know, so the, I'm not... I have the right to ask for a wage, but I'm not going to use that right. 
So that's how I've understood from that, right? Okay. So I think I can just conclude. Basically, um, having thought through this muzzle topic, you know that I wasn't even sure like would be a, would be published today because I will end up publishing today on Tuesday. <sighs> having thought through it, what I'm seeing, I started talking about rights, wages when it comes to like rights, the justice equality all that i'm summing it up as justice right and i was arguing maybe it's an argument like i was giving my opinion rightfully because everyone has a right to an opinion right but sadly this is actually what i'm talking about we know we live in societies where we know everyone has a right to an opinion. And when that right is taken away, it's a human right. When it's taken away, we can all agree that somebody, you know, like somebody is not mistreating. What's the word? Mm, you know, you're taking away somebody's right to have an opinion. We can all agree that's true. But now my question is deeper than that. My question is, who said? Who said that that's true? You know, what evidence do we have to say that every human has a right? Then in, in the history that I've, you know, that nimepata, um, you know, the history that I found nimefanyika already, there are countless of groups of people whose personal belief is that they are greater and have more value than another group of people. And so they have the right, according to them and their values, they have the right to take and kill millions of people. Because according to them, they have the right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend it to be like, right, right. But anyway, but that's the history. But who is to say they were wrong to kill? I think that's the, the, that's the question. Maybe I'm posing out there, like, for somebody. Because for me, who believes in the God who created the universe, who is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, who is sovereign, meaning he is in control. He is in con he is the morality comes from God. Justice, he is like the just one, and nobody else is more just than God. Like he's like God is justice. You see, so I'm getting my justice, my right and my wrongs from God. You know, I mean, there are, there are, let me call them religions. There are religions, the big, big religions. They can claim that actually Jesus, the actual human being who came here on earth, his values are greater than any man to ever live. Even though they don't believe him to be God, Jesus claimed to be God. You know, but because we are human beings, we are going to pick and choose what works for us. But nobody can deny, nobody, nobody 
can deny when you're given the facts, this is what Jesus taught. Nobody can deny that Jesus' values are not the greatest values. That any man, let's just set aside that he is God and because some people don't believe that. Fine. Any human being ever gave and he lived up to those values. This human being who has the greatest values to ever be, be given by any human He lived up to those values, right? So that's why some people say, no, you know, Jesus is like, the, he, he attained a certain level of like, um, God, 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 what do, God consciousness or something like that, you know, like divinity. Like he, he is so great that he became divine because he achieved that. It's not like he was divine. He became like, okay, I'm not even arguing that. The thing is, if those other religions can, can actually see with the um, facts given that Jesus is the most moral man to ever live on this earth. Those other religions can, can actually say, yeah, everything that Jesus taught is morally right to the Everything, like to the dots, you know? But of course, for them to agree to that, they have to, it's, it's the fact, right? But at the same time, they're not agreeing to, every, when, you, when I tell somebody, you realize Jesus taught that sexual immorality is wrong many times. They'll be like, mm, yeah, no, you see, no. You, that's a contradiction. You can't say Jesus's moral law was perfection and then come and contradict that one of his moral law was not perfect. But I have a place for that. It's the human heart desires we pick and choose. Like I can say, like, I understand why somebody can contradict themselves. Is because one, I'm taking what works for me and leaving the other side. And I don't care whether it makes sense or not. I have a place for such people who contradict themselves like that. But for somebody who claims God does not exist, there is no God, be it a Christian God, be it a, I don't know if Hindus believe in God or gods or in another word. I, my point, I just don't want to like, I'm not saying this to like poke holes. I'm just saying the wording. I don't know the wording. But say Islam, the God of Islam. You know, I'm not talking about people who believe in sovereign, like a, a, a higher power, a God. Because even the higher power thing, somebody can say like, oh, I believe in a higher power. Is that higher power personal? Like, can I interact with that higher, higher power? Does that higher power tell me what is right and what is wrong? Or does this higher, that higher power is just a force, like just a power, an energy that exists that I cannot interact with, that doesn't tell me what is right and what is wrong? If it's not personal, if I cannot interact with it, if, if that power has no values, then that is not God. It's like saying I believe in gravity and gravity is... The higher power that I believe in. Okay. 
but gravity is not God. Like gravity does not have a say on what is right and what is wrong. There is something constant about gravity. What goes up must come down. You know, and, and you know, you can defy gravity. But gravity, you know, that I'm very, this is my basic understanding of science. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> what goes up must come down. There's that constant. But who put that there? If gravity is not personal, like it has no values, where did it come from? Who put the law in gravity to say what goes up must come down? Because we understand as human beings that we can defy gravity by working around some things, you know, by working around the laws. But my point is this. The reason why I was I, I read do not muzzle if first Corinthians chapter nine from verse nine. Is it actually verse nine? Yeah, verse nine. Do not muzzle an ox when you're using it to thresh corn. Do not muzzle an ox when you're using using it to thresh corn. Paul is talking about the the rights that God himself in the law of Moses it is written excuse me, like equal equal pay, equal wage. The ox also deserves to eat from the hard work it has put in. Right? If I work, it is, I have the right to the wage. You know? But then something else I was like, I think there's more wisdom to this that I can apply when it comes to the law of God and the law of the, and, and the culture and I think I mentioned like how I'm seeing like some or most, I don't have the statistics, but it's evident that some of the most um, long lasting and, and um, dependable economies and, and, and um, institutions the reason why they they have stood, let me quote unquote, like the test of time. They have been there for a long time, constant. I think that's the word I was looking for when I was saying like God's law is constant, it's unmovable, it's fixed. So some of these things that were that that were rooted on the law of God, and how the conduct. If we are employing teachers, they deserve to be paid. Not just because of the law of the land, but because God said it's rightfully, it's 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 the right thing to do because they have been made by God and every human is equal. So with that in mind, every law that we are putting down, these nini has to align with the law of God, and so that's how most influential and successful institutions have have been able to sus to be sustained till date till till today but then now because culture has now become more loud and it's anti god and god's law those institutions and those nations who are 
listening more to culture and who want the approval of culture, who want to make money from culture, and they could care less about anybody's rights, they start changing their values to fit culture's values. And it doesn't work. You can't serve two masters at the same time. <laughs> this is amazing. Let me write that down, Jesus. Two masters an X. You can't serve. Jesus said you can't serve two masters at the same time. For context, he was talking about God and money. But again, for these institutions who are only seeking money, but the values that they're trying to hold on to that can actually sustain. These are the only values that can sustain for long term the success of these institutions or the nations or like the economies are based on God's law. You cannot hold on to this one and this other. You have to let go of one. You have to let go of one. And what is happening, most of these nations or institutions or even families and stuff, whatever they got, they're letting go of God's law. And their foundation now is crumbling. Jesus was quoting even the Old Testament and saying, um, in the parable of the tenants, he said the, the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And it is marvelous in our eyes. That's why in the brief recording that I recorded yesterday, Usiku, yeah, that uh, I, I will have inserted in between the first recording and this recording, when I was talking about how um, I'm, I feel passionate about this topic because it's something that I'm a, I'm a future... I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult, like I'm an adult, right? I don't, yes, I am an adult, but I'll continue growing. And even now, my two small nephews are coming to me to learn something. I'm not saying I'm teaching them like A, B, C, D. I'm just saying the values that I, there are values that I'm instilling on them that I'm seeing that they are applying so if I, if I have impact on the, the younger generation, I think it's important for me to think about the future and think about how my values will impact the future. It will also be my future, but my point is it's impacting even the other generation. That's why I think I'm passionate about this topic because I don't want to look back and regret that I did nothing and or even said nothing or even stood like head a ground like nearly I didn't bow down like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego I don't want to be one of the people who bowed down to the statue to the wind I just allowed allowed the wind to carry me whichever direction I need to fight the wind you know I don't want, even if it means be, me being thrown into the furnace, I'm okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I need to take a stand. That's what I'm saying, right? And I need to understand why I need to take a stand. I need to understand my reason for taking the stand that I'm taking. And the other, the other side doesn't seem stable at all. Like I cannot rely on the other side God's side, God's law is, is the most stable that, that 
stable thing that has ever existed, the most stable law that has ever existed, because this is the same God who created the laws that 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 are advancing even science and research because they can be relied on. They are constant. The reason why an, a, a person, an engineer, can rely on equations, it's because those equations are constant. They have been proved to be efficient and constant. And whatever they're building, if they stick to this constant law and this constant equation, things will, they, can, they, are, they can be confident that it will work out because they have sticked to the constant law. That's what I'm saying. The other side does not seem stable at all. It's constantly changing. The only constant thing about it, it's, it's changing. That means it's not reliable. And so I was fixing myself on this, just this one topic about justice you know, and I, I later realized, I think it's earlier, it's yesterday Usiku while I was going to sleep or earlier this morning. I honestly don't remember exactly. But then I realized actually June, this topic is pointing towards the other greater, no, it's not really greater. I don't think there's a greater study, but to me, it's that other study is important for me to understand it. The one that I have been studying, this topic is also linked to I mean, all topics are linked because I'm talking about God. But my point is this. I did not, I thought I was like um, taking a detour when I started talking about this muzzle thing. But I, I think it's also really linked to the other topic, the other study that I have been studying. And I think it will be the last study that finalizes the season five, like um, episode 99. It's the last, it's next week's study, I think. I hope by then I will have given God the time, my time so that he teaches me. Because sometimes, you know, it's up to me to choose whether I want to study or not. God doesn't force force me. So I'm saying, I focused on the, the, stud, the, nini, the justice and rights. And I... Ah, yeah. Okay, so I focused on justice and like the morals behind the claim that people have a right to something, you know, even like, for example, the example of wages. And I was looking back at these verses that were quoted in the Bible, some of these verses, and like, for example... The First Corinthians chapter nine verse nine, Paul is quoting. Was it Leviticus? Where did I? Oh, it's Deuteronomy. Uh, yeah, it's Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five verse four. Do not muzzle an ox when you are using it to thresh corn, right? And there are these other verses because I I try to look for verses talking about specifically wages. What right does somebody have to claim that? that they deserve equal pay. And my God has that answer, right? And again, most of these verses from like the Deuteronomy, Leviticus, they are from God. What did I say? What's of these rights? Yeah, rights stroke laws that God has given. 
they are from God. And God says that he, is, he doesn't change. So the wisdom that I'm supposed to get from these laws still apply. You know, but I also need to understand the context that God was not speaking to this Kenyan girl in, I wanted to say my tribe and then say Kenya, but I've mixed it up. This mixed tribe girl in Kenya in the 21st century. No, God was speaking to ancient Israelites or the Hebrews at the time, you know, ancient Israelites that were that were existing in surrounding cultures that were practicing things that God did not agree, that God said that I do not approve of that. And so I'm going to show you the way I'm going that you should walk in contrary to those other cultures. So some laws are specifically um, targeting the other cultures and God is telling them, don't do as they're doing, do this. Don't treat people as they're treating them, treat this, you know. I, I need to understand that. But my point is the same. The same way Paul can apply, do not muzzle an ox and take the wisdom from that, like, yo, God is speaking to us about equality and wages, right? And applying that to the service he's giving the church and saying, actually, I do have a right to earn from my service, but personally, that's not an obstacle I'm, I'm going to put Nini. Because some people will agree, like we, I had read in the Philippian church, I think, uh, uh, Philippian church, uh, Philippi, the Nini, the, the letter to the Philippians, the, anyway, the, the book Philippians, right? Paul is saying that he has been receiving gifts from that church. And, you know, he's telling them, by the way, I'm not writing this to tell you to send me more. I have enough. Thank you so much for your generosity. Right, But then this is the church in Corinth, the Corinthians, and he's telling, I think the Corinthians were stingy, or some, uh, this is my I think, I think because Paul is saying, by the way, don't take this letter to mean like I'm, I want you guys to be paying me or like to be sending me gifts or something like that. But and I had had somewhere like the Corinthian church was like very wealthy. So, <laughs> so it kind of makes sense that they're the stingy ones. But you see, so Paul is saying, no, 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 no. By the way, I'm going to work. There are these verses that I came across. I don't know if it's in Corinthians. Paul is saying, no, no, I work. It was like a tent maker or something. I am working to earn my wage, my own, make my own living so that I don't put this burden on you guys. Something else that you guys can use to say like, oh, this, this apostles of this, the Lord of the Lord in the Christ who's claiming to be Lord are the ones who are always asking us for money and the God of XYZ doesn't ask us for money, he asks us for our children. Anyway, my point is people can use that card to just argue and there'll be disagreements and Paul is saying, no, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to put that obstacle in your way. The obstacle of like, should we pay Paul? Should we not pay Paul? No. Sure. I have the right actually to claim, but I'm not going to use that card, right? So Paul, that's how I've understood it. So anyway, let me just go back. Let me just go back. So yeah, the justice and the rights, right? So I'm seeing from the Old Testament verses like in uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13, do not hold back the wages. This is God speaking. 
do not hold back the wages of someone you have hired, not even for one night. The reason why, if, you know, um, the reason why even Paul can tell me it's important for you to obey authority because you're not the because your your legions in it your um because your your um sin allegiance allegiance because it's not like they are your authority your authority is greater it's god who's even their authority so that's why paul can tell me it's okay for it's i'm supposed by God's law, I'm supposed to obey authority because who's sovereign? It's not the king, it's Jesus. Jesus is sovereign. God is sovereign over the kings. And God expects me, the same way Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. My neighbor is the king. My neighbor is the widow, the orphan. My neighbor is my next door neighbor, even, even though how rich, even if he's the richest man to ever exist, that's my neighbor. My neighbor is... You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Equality. But it's equality according to God's law, not according to culture's law. Because even when it comes to culture, when this is my point, when you deny God and his moral law, his perfect moral law, what ground do you have to claim equality? If you're all fizzing atoms, I was using that phrase, fizzing atoms, meaning like if we came out of a big bang, that was no purpose for our creation. And all we are doing is just trying to live and let live. Then who is to say that Hitler was, uh, I tried to use the extremes just to get my point across. Who is to say that Hitler was not wrong for killing millions of Jews? What right do you have to say that if Hitler was also a fizzing atoms? You see, I can, according to my view, according to who I serve, God, I believe God created human beings, you know, and the, for a, and he has a reason, a purpose for our existence. That's why I can say, according to God's law, God says, do not murder. What Hitler did was wrong according to God's eyes, not my eyes, not my opinion, not my values. God's perfect values. And God is the judge. But if we are all fizzing atoms with no reason for existing, what, what, what's the base for your claim that somebody has a right to anything? You know, we have been seeing there are some people who are claiming justice, but because human beings are our hearts are evil. Some bad people join this group that is claiming justice and they go and riot and loot. But because we are all, because I'm, I'm, I'm being guided by a society that has no ground, that has no constant values, just because I'm feeling empathetic to these people, rightfully so, who are being mis mis um, misused, rightfully so, right? I need to feel empathy and I I'm empathetic. Instead of separating what has been done rightfully and what has been 
what is right and what is wrong among these people claiming justice and saying, yo, I understand your claim for justice, it's right. But what these other people who claim to be in your group, what they did, the rioting and the stealing, that is wrong. No, 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 no. According to our culture right now, you cannot. Because apparently that is judging. And apparently the looting, these people deserve to be to not be held accountable because they were looting and it's them needing their frustration. Like it's it doesn't make there's no stability. So where does justice come in for the person whose business has been nini, looted? Where is his his or her justice? Hmm? The election violence. If I don't believe in my country, if I don't believe that human beings are made in God's image and they, according to God's law, life should be preserved. If I'm leaning towards there is no God, meaning human beings are just existing to willy-nilly, and it was like just to fizzing atoms. I think that I'm just going to continue using fizzing atoms. They're just fizzing atoms that when they die, okay, bye. And when they're alive, oh, hi. You know, like there's no reason for existence. You know, we shouldn't seek purpose because, I mean, um, ecclesiastics, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. If we have that point of view when it comes to the world because there is no God, who is to say that the election violence was wrong and the people who were killed in both, 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 um, both groups, one group that was fighting for this, 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 um, this side and the other group that was fighting for this side, they both lost lives. Who is to say that the lives lost deserve any justice? The families deserve justice for the murder of their children. What ground do you have to stand on? I think that's just what I was saying, right? It doesn't make sense for you to claim justice when you have no ground of claiming justice. And it's a sad place to be. It's very sad because... Because, <laughs> my goodness, because when somebody has no meaning, when somebody has no purpose, when somebody has no solid ground, no foundation, and there's no one greater than that person to tell that person, yo, by the way, you're wrong and you're right. You cannot rely on the laws of the land because apparently they're constantly changing. If for that person who has no meaning and who sees life as meaningless, it's understandable that they also see other people's lives as meaningless. And taking the lives means nothing to them. There was a time when we were calling that um, a psychopath. Such behavior like psychopathic? What's the word? Narcissistic? I don't know. One of those words. Like somebody who could careless like it's either that they are seeing themselves as 
the lawmaker, like there's no one who can tell me anything and I'm always right. I think that's a narcissist. And a socio sociopath, I think they have no emotions or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. But my point is, you see, there was a term for such behavior. There was a specific place to, to group such individuals because the facts and the, the, there was just the scientific facts was leading us to that direction. Like, yo, how can you say that somebody, somebody's life is meaningless? You know, there was a time where that would be like, oh, don't say that. That is so wrong. Because we all know that life has meaning. But right now, somebody, right now, the society is applauding evil and applauding murder. When we say it's okay, it's okay for a mother to go and kill their unborn child. Oh, it's okay. They are the victim, not the, not the dead child. No, 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 no. The killer, the one who has gone, who has made the choice to go and abort, that is the victim. And they should not be held accountable. It's okay. That's the culture we live. But then again... You see how it, it's contradicting to have such views? You're using the word victim, meaning you're aligning yourself with this nini of justice. When you use the word victim, you're aligning yourself with this view that there is justice, that justice exists, that there is a solid foundation when it comes to justice. You cannot use the word victim when you don't believe that there is right and wrong. That's why I'm saying the cookie is crumbling because there's no solid foundation. You're just being swept by the wind, you know? Anyway, I think this verse is like where God is like, like for example, you tr this I can claim I, I have a, a solid foundation because I believe in a God who's constant whose word will never change. And if any person claiming to preach or teach the word of God comes with another, another message, um, I, Nini, my, my, um, my authority is God and the word of God. The word of God is Christ. So what God told me, I'm going to go back to the, to the, to the word of God and see your God says, do not hold back the wages of someone you have hired, not even for one night. What you are doing, so-called teacher and preacher, what you are preaching is not what God has told us. So I'm not going to listen to you, so-called teacher and preacher, because you're not aligning yourself with a constant law of God that is just and right. Right? Jesus clearly says that among you, you will have wolves in sheep clothing. Is it Jesus or is it the apostles that were teaching like you're among the church? There are, be, beware. Jesus talks about false teachers, right? Even the apostles and uh, yeah, the disciples of Jesus talk about like you know, um, false teachers among the church. So it's because we live in a fallen world. 
that where people are trying to serve two masters at the same time, people are choosing one master over the other, choosing culture over God. It's a fallen world where we are just guided by, we are slaves to sin. Right? That's why, I mean, the word of God is so solid and so constant. I don't know which verse this is, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even look for it, but it came to mind. The wages of sin is death. We live in a world where we know it's either tit or tat, tit for tat. Like it's, it's either right or wrong. Like there is balance. What goes up must come down. There is balance. So there are wages for your work. Whether you've done the wrong thing or the right thing, you deserve a wage. But when you're sinning, guess what? The wage that you're getting is death. The wages of sin is death. But this is a good thing about God and how salvation is like supposed to be like mind-blowing. We deserve death as human beings because we are so focused on me and mine and the businesses that are focused on just making money and not caring about human health and, and um, you know, the, the future of the children, the next generation, we don't care. This is the world we live, you know. When we try to make ourselves as God, us who don't even know tomorrow, we are making, that's why we, the things, things are constantly changing. Because you're trying to listen to our hearts that today is telling us, mm, love your neighbor today. Tomorrow, the same heart is telling us, mm, kill your neighbor today. <laughs> it's unstable. But the salvation, God tells us, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, we don't deserve it. It's a gift from God. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved this wicked world. And the world that he created. That he was destining the world for good. And he called it good. But because we made our own choice because of what our desires were and what we based on what we wanted sin sin and get what guess what the wages of sin is death rightfully god as the just judge this is what i'm saying salvation is like um like a mind-blowing thing what jesus did is mind-blowing because if i believe in right and wrong, and I believe in morality, this just judge that I claim to serve, that I claim exists, should judge me according to my work, should pay me the wages that I should be paid, should be just and rightfully, and I rightfully deserve those wages. And every human being has fallen except Christ, who is God himself, who came to save us from our sin, to take the wages that we deserve, death. And he paid for, oh my God, we have been redeemed, right? We have been bought by a price. 
Christ's death. That's why when we believe in Jesus and his work, the wages that we get is what Jesus gets. Jesus has righteousness. He attained right. He was righteous from the very beginning. He never fell. So the wages that we are getting, that's why Jesus in John chapter 4, the Samaritan story, Samaritan woman, where the disciples are coming to him, that's why Jesus can say, uh, you are reaping what you did not sow. The wages that you are being paid right now, the righteousness that you are receiving, the forgiveness that you are getting, it's not, you don't deserve the forgiveness. You're reaping what you did not sow. It's a gift that you're being given right now. That's why it's amazing. Because Christianity is not based on this shallow type of truth that, that is today is truth and tomorrow the truth changes. No, it's based on Nini, the truth of a righteous judge who is always constant who has all power, he's sovereign, who created everything with purpose and nini, with laws, you know? That's why he is reliable. He is the one who I should look to when it comes to morality because his morals are for my good. His morals are for my good, Right? Because I was earlier today in the morning, because I'm talking about how nations and stuff like that, I was trying to see my nation and see like, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, if we, if I'm just speaking as a Kenyan, if us, including myself, Kenyans, if we don't watch, if we don't watch the paths that we are walking on, the cookie will crumble. If we choose another law except the law of Christ, the law of God, that is constant, the cookie will crumble. Our national anthem, in a semanga, e mungu nguvu yetu, e mungu, mungu, God, e mungu nguvu yetu, like a direct translation of that is like, oh God, our strength. That's a direct translation. Nguvu, strength, yeah? Our, yetu. E mungu nguvu yetu. Ilete baraka kwetu. Haki iwengao na mlinzi. Natukai na undugu, amani na uhuru. Raha tupate na ustawi. Oh God of all creation. That's the English, the English version which I was trying to look, listen today, and I'm like, okay, some, some ninis are not literally directly translated. But my point, even in bringing up my Kenyan anthem, is that it's based, our foundation is God. And if we move from that foundation, if God stops being Kenya's foundation, we are going to crumble. We will be building our nation on sand. If we stick to God and his constant laws, his morals, his values. The English version is like of, of my national anthem, Kenyan. Uh, oh God of all creation, 
O God of all creation, bless this our land and nation. Justice be our shield and defender. May we dwell in unity, peace and liberty, plenty be found within our borders. I think I'm going to find like the national anthem Kanini and and attach here because I really love my national anthem and how it's <laughs> it's so beautiful. I think it's the best. So my point is this, as a Kenyan, I have a duty to my country and my country and the leaders, they have a duty to God. I have a duty to my country and to God. Actually, I should interchange that. I have a duty to God and to my country. Or even I can say I have a duty to my country because God tells me. Something like that. My point is God is above right? God's values are above. So any business that I'm, that I'm starting or like I'm growing, my values are not supposed to be based on Kenya's values. Yes, I should see like if, if the business is aligning with what the government is saying and stuff like that, you know. But my point is, if the government of Kenya is anti-God and the values they're bringing, are, I should I should make a choice on whether I'm going to bow down to the statue or whether I'm not going to bow down, just like Shadrach and Abednego. Just as Jesus, the, the temptation where the devil told him, I think it's the third temptation, where the devil told him to, I'll give you all these, all these um, nations, all these... Anyway, I'll give you all these nations... If you bow down to me, I'm paraphrasing. Jesus did not bow down. And Jesus tells us to imitate him, imitate God. So if God himself did not bow down, I should not bow down. From my businesses to how I treat my neighbor. And I'm not perfect, my God. And God knows that I'm not perfect. That's why I love how my nini um how god let me just pause for a minute i was talking about like that's how i love how god says like it's not about my works i'm not saved because of my perfect works that my human beings can never achieve perfection we can never attain perfection and i think that's what some people are doing they're trying to attain divinity perfection I don't think divinity means perfection, but like, you know, you cannot, you can never. Because you're mortal, you're dust. <laughs> you're dust. I am dust. That's why God tells me, June, the wages that you deserve is death. 
because you are slave a slave to sin and guess what the wages of sin is death that's what sin pays you but what god pays you what god chooses to pay you with is christ's righteousness eternal life that christ has given you for free when you believe in him when you believe in his work his perfect work manze right so that's why i can rely on god's word is reliable god is reliable he's constant in like um deuteronomy chapter 24 i'm going to read like from verse 14 to maybe 17 let me open from deuteronomy like just let me just read first from verse 14 deuteronomy 24 from verse 14 again i'm just nini there's context to this verses but this is god giving laws right verse 14 you shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy whether he is one of your countrymen or one of your aliens foreigner who is in your land in your towns you shall give him his wages on his day before the sun sets for he is poor and he and sets his uh, his heart on it so that uh, let me just read the nini this is nasb okay nasb ni tough very good news translation verse 15 each day before sunset pay them for oh, verse 14 verse 14 sorry Do not cheat poor and needy hired servants whether fellow israelites or foreigners living in one of your towns each day before sunset pay them for that day's work let me just pause this is the same thing that i read in leviticus chapter 19 verse 13 do not hold back the wages of someone you have hired not even for one night god is saying each day in deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 15 each day before sunset pay them for that day's work they need the money and have counted on getting it if you do not pay them they will cry out against you to the lord and you will be guilty of sin and god guess what the wages of sin is death verse 16 parents are not to be put to death for crimes committed by their children and children are not to be put to death for crimes committed by their parents people are to be put to death only for crimes they themselves have committed so i mean i would read this and say like eh this is like way off the nini like why why we are just from talking about people being paid and then you're talking about parents being need put to death for sins of their children and maybe i don't relate but that's what i'm saying there's context to this god is re- replying to some other probably laws of other cultures You know that the Israelites are nini might have adopted and God is saying you're not supposed to act like that you know maybe i'm saying maybe maybe there are some cultures who are putting to death the parents because of the sins the children maybe something like that i don't know but God is saying no you're not supposed to do that right verse 17 do not deprive foreigners again by me saying i don't know i'm just saying I'm not learned like see just tafuta all the information about other cultures 
you know, I'm not fully aware of all the cultures that are, were surrounding the Israelites and why God gave some specific laws that seem odd to me, you know, there's context. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Verse 17, do not deprive foreigners and orphans of their rights and do not take a widow's garment as security for a loan. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord, your God, that Yahweh, your Elohim, set you free. That is why I have given you this command. And there are so many crops. Verse 19, when you gather your crops and fail to bring in some of the corn that you have cut, do not go back for it. It is to be left for the foreigners, orphans and widows so that the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. When you have picked your olives once, do not go back and get those that are left. Those that are left. They are for the foreigners, orphans, and widows. Oh, man. Like, God's law is perfect. That's why even people who do not believe that Jesus is God, who, who are... Um, it's God says, and I think even Paul talks about this, says like they are suppressing the truth. Like it's so evident that Jesus existed in history. There are facts to that. There's evidence for that. As compared to some other kings that existed even later on after Jesus. Some of those kings don't even have like the, the nini, the as much evidence stacked up for their existence like their in history as compared to the evidence the um, the, the mountain of evidence that jesus has so even people who don't believe that jesus is god and jesus claimed to be god people who don't believe in god you know people who have done this research and they don't believe in god they cannot deny that jesus existed Right, But even these other people who claim to believe in other gods, the, 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 the highest in the ranks, like the people they look up to in their religion, those people with the knowledge of Christ can point to Christ and say he had the most moral law. He had the most perfect law and he lived it. Even though they don't believe he is God, maybe some say like, oh, he achieved godness. I don't know what that is. <laughs> he achieved like the God status because he lived a perfect law and we should do that. There are some religions who do that. I don't know, but there are. But my point is, even though they don't, even though they suppress the truth, the truth that Jesus is God, that Jesus claimed to be God, they suppress that truth there is evidence that they cannot refute that his morals were just, were perfect. I'm going to read Romans chapter 1, verse 18, right? Romans chapter 1, verse 18. And I think this is where Paul is talking about, I think, the guilt of human beings or something. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Does it have 18? <laughs> yeah. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. From verse 18. Okay. There is like a title here. The guilt of the human race. Let me read NIV. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth. Let me just highlight that. Amen. Man, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because let me just read Good News Translation. I mean, it's not hard to understand the NIV, but I think Good News Translation, it's just easy to understand quickly for me. <laughs> but I'm going to link these verses below in those other NIV and Good News. Okay, um, Romans chapter 1 verse 18. God's anger is revealed from heaven against all the sin and evil of the people whose evil ways prevent the truth from being known. They suppress the truth, right? Okay, verse 19. God punishes them because what can be known about God is plain to them. For God himself made it plain. Ever since God created the world, his invisible qualities, the laws, his invisible qualities, both his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen. They are perceived in the things that God has made. So those people have no excuse at all. They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him. Nor do they thank him. Because I, I, I read that part before, because I've read this once. Um, by once, I mean like before this study once. And I was like, this is a good verse to like, I was still perusing my Bible and I came across it. <laughs> I was like, this is a good verse to read. Verse 21 says, They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. They don't thank him for the constant laws that he has put in place when he created the world. They don't appreciate the, the perfection and the consistency and the, the synchronicity, how the world perfectly the human beings can just tuneza like pause when it comes to nature and nature will just continue surviving because there are laws that god has put in place even in nature that just makes it continue working perfectly there are laws that us human beings know, know if we move away from if we deny those laws and we don't follow those laws we will and ourselves tutajimaliza sisi wenyewe you know so even when i was talking about like muzzling god's law some nations and institutions and families have used god's law to get them to where they are and then they have muzzled god's law so that they follow the law of the culture right there is no appreciation you there's no honor given to god's law that's what came to mind when I read verse 21. They know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. Instead, their thoughts have become complete nonsense. That's why things don't make sense now. Gender, identity, all these other things that our culture is claiming to be truth is nonsense. It does not make sense. It has no consistency. It has no validity. There is no truth in it that can be um, relied on. It's nonsense. 
I can confidently say that because I'm not going to bow down. And I'm not saying this to say, oh my God, June, you're so perfect. You're like the perfect person who believes in God. <laughs> I know I am a fallen human being who has just received the gift of God. And I am saved because of the gift of God, not because of my works. I am, I, and I try my very best to be aware of that. Because I don't want pride to kick in because again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like like how God told Cain sin is crouching at your door and it, I am very well aware that sin is crouching at my door and it desires to have me but God has told me I must rule over it I must not become a slave to sin I must rule over sin but he has given me now the power to do that the Holy Spirit he's on fighting it's because of his work that I am being built, you know, into what the spirit, my spiritual house is being built. The values that I am trying to follow now, it's not because of my strength. No, if when I am capable, when I find myself like, oh my God, June, you did not lie. Congratulations. I'm very well aware I'm not going to boast because of, because it's me. Because it's because I did this and this. That's why I could not lie. Let me give you five steps for you not to lie. That I have learned. No, no, no. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not trying to poke, poke, poke and point fingers. Oh my God. I think I even came across. Yeah. In, in this, say, this is chapter one. Romans chapter one. Romans chapter two. Paul is saying, yeah, you're, you. You who think like you have a right to judge. <laughs> Look at yourself first. You know, don't start giving orders and quote unquote judging. I'm paraphrasing. When you're doing the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Me, I'm very well. I'm I'm trying to be very well aware that I am not righteous (laughs) because of my works. I'm righteous because God says I am because of Christ's work. Yeah. So let me just continue. Verse That's what I'm saying. I can confidently say that these things that are happening right now is nonsense because I'm comparing it to God's law. Human is fallible. Like we are not constant. We are always wrong when we think we are right. So I'm not going to rely on something that has no solid ground. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. If you want to do that, go ahead. Pride comes before the fall. Verse 21, they know God, but they do not give him the honor that belongs to him, nor do they thank him. Instead, their thoughts have become complete nonsense and their empty minds are filled with darkness. They say they are wise, but they are fools. Instead, this can be me, Nanini. (laughs) I'm reading this with the idea that if I deny God, if I muzzle God five years from now, Two months from now, two hours from now, God tells me to do something and I'm like, oh God, I know better. I'm muzzling God's law that has gotten me this far. And the Bible tells me, I think I am wise at that moment. Mm -mm. I'm lying to myself. I'm a fool. Okay. I'm not going to pause. Hopefully. I don't know. (laughs) Verse 32. They say they are wise, but they are fools. Instead of worshiping the immortal God, they worship images made to look like mortal human beings or birds or animals or reptiles. 
And so God has given those people over to do the filthy things their hearts desire. And they do shameful things with each other. Belch. Verse 25. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. You, that's what I'm saying. We are crucifying truth. They exchange the truth about God for a lie. They worship and serve what God has created instead of the creator himself, who is to be praised forever. Amen. Verse 26. Because they do this, God has given them over to shameful passions. Even the women pervert the natural use of their sex by unnatural acts. In the same way, the men give up natural sen sexual relations with women and burn with passion for each other. Men do shameful things with each other. And as a result, they bring upon themselves, this is the consequence, the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. Men do shameful things with each other. And as a result, they bring upon themselves the punishment they deserve for their wrongdoing. You deserve. It's a wage. Verse 28. Because those people refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge of God, he has given them over to the corrupted minds so that they do the things that they should not do. They are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vice. They are full of jealousy. This is where now it starts ninning with like nanini, greed. Stop pointing fingers. Take the log out of your eye first. They are, verse 29, they are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vice. They are full of jealousy, murder. Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother, you have committed murder. You're guilty of sin. And the wages of sin is what, Nanini? Death. <laughs> My goodness. None is righteous. No, not one. There's no human being that is righteous. Apando una, humble. You need, you know, <laughs> you're humbled. They are filled with, verse 29, they are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vice. They are full of jealousy, murder, fighting, deceit, and malice. They gossip. People after church gossip. And you think because you've gone to this building, church building, They gossip and speak evil of one another. They are hateful to God, insolent, proud, and boastful. No wonder Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, like, yo, by the way, by the way, I ain't going to stop boasting, you know, even though I have the right to. There's this even place where he says, like, people are boasting because of their achievements, like, I'm paraphrasing. If it's because of that, if you are boasting about the law, I have every right to boast. I'm a Jew of the, Ama. he calls himself one, a, a circumcised on the eighth day, a Jew of Jews, something like that, a Pharisee when it comes to the law. He has all these two achievements and the things that he can boast about, but he says, nah, he ain't gonna do that. All that is filthy rags. All that is, doesn't make sense. So boasting. They think of more ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. Oh my God, I came across this thing and I'm like, oh, June. 
<laughs> you are this inches closer to opening the door for the for sin. Sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you. You must rule over it. Disobeying parents. Like how many times have I done that? Verse 31. They have no conscience. They do not keep their promises. And they show no kindness or pity for others. I remember I read this and I also remembered. Um, I think it's the episode Salty where I was talking about I was reading this verse. I don't remember where Paul is talking about communion. And he's saying you cannot um, eat at the Lord's table and also eat at the table with of demons. You can't swap two masks at the same time. And then, I'm paraphrasing, he talks about how he has a good conscience. Conscience. Conscious. I have a hard time saying this word. Conscience. Science. Conscience. Conscience. Anyway. So he has a good conscience when he goes to eat, when he, at, no, when he comes even to eating, whatever he eats, if he's, if he says no, when somebody offers him meat that is taken from at the temple of other gods that has been offered to other gods, he can say no. And you know, his conscience is good and not even his. Yeah. I remember like I was corrected when I was reading. Paul even says like, I'm not talking about my conscience. I'm talking about these other people. The other person who's offering me the meat, their conscience. Because maybe my conscience is good because the Holy Spirit, we're told like baptism, the baptism of the Spirit gives us that good conscience. Like the Holy Spirit is the one who, you know, um, reveals to us what sin is, what righteous, about righteousness and about judgment. That is what is working with my conscience to tell me, Nanini, you're not, you're not now, Nini, judged because of sin because you believe in Jesus Christ. Um, righteousness, it's not about your righteousness. Christ has now seated at the right hand of God. You're being clothed with Christ's righteousness. This is the good conscience. My mind is not like um, stressed and anxious about whether I am saved or not. The Holy Spirit is working on my conscience about these things. Judgment, nanini, no, 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 no. The, the, the prince of the world has already been judged. So I'm, like, I'm at peace, right? And there are many other things when it comes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Am I loving to my neighbor? Is this the fruit? If I'm seeing the fruit of love in my life, I have a good conscience that God is working in me, right? And I'm on the right path. So Paul was saying, when I say no to, to the meat that is served, that's, you know, that I'm being served, that is has been that meat has been sacrificed from uh, another god, and then I'm being served by this friend of mine. When I say no, it's for their conscience. Those are the people, right? And also, like if there's this other nini where he said like he can say yes to. Anyway, my point is, this is something else that I have been coming across when it comes to the Holy Spirit and a good conscience, even in first Peter um, chapter three, it talks about baptism saves and it's the baptism of a good, then the good conscience. Let me just read that a little bit quickly, very quickly. So that even I remind myself first Peter chapter three, I think from verse 14. Is it not this one? Oh, okay. NIV, NIV, first Peter chapter three. Okay. Perfect. Let me scroll and see where it talks about a good conscience, conscience, conscience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, perfect. 
First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous. Mm. To bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago. You see, disobedience near Kitambo, Imeanzambali. Yeah, it's not a new thing. That's why I should not be, I should not be surprised about what's happening to my culture. Verse 20, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism. Now that, no, sorry, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Now, Peter is saying, let me hold up, listen to what baptism I'm talking about. Not the removal of dirt from the body. I'm not talking about the physical water. Mm -mm. I'm just from talking about the physical water your days are Noah. If that physical water is symbolizing something, it needs, the physical needs to symbolize something spiritual. You know? So, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. And who does that? It's the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Christ. We are just being told that Christ was made alive in the Spirit. We are then told in other verses that the Holy Spirit resurrected Christ. So if it saves you by the resurrection of Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Even in Hebrews, I remember chapter something. I'm going to link these verses below later today when I start um, working on this description thingy links. Hebrews talks about a clear conscience and links it to the eternal spirit. Through the eternal spirit. So my point is, it's the Holy Spirit that gives me a clear conscience, right? Let me just go back to Romans chapter 1 and finish reading. Um, Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, sorry for the, you know, God. Mm-hmm. Give thanks to him. Okay. Verse 25. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. This is the NIV. Let me go back to the Good News Translation. Verse 26. Because they do this, God has given them over to shameful passions. Even the women pervert the nat natural use of their sex by unnatural acts. In the same way, the men give up natural sexual relations with women and burn with passion for each other. Men do shameful things with each other and as a result, they bring upon themselves the punishment they deserve for their wrongdoing. Because those people refuse to keep in mind the true knowledge of God, he has given them over to corrupted minds so that they do the things they should not do. They are filled with all kinds of wickedness, evil, greed, and vice. They are full of jealousy, murder, fighting, deceit, and malice. They gossip and speak evil of one another. They are hateful to God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They think of more ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. They have no conscience. They do not keep their promises, and they show no kindness or pity for others. They know that God's law 
says that people who live in this way deserve death. Their wages of sin is death. Okay. Yet, they know that God's law says that people who live in this way deserve death. Yet, not only do they continue to do these things, but they even approve of others who do them. This is what, what is happening. People are seeking approval for wrongdoing. Abortion is now being approved by culture. It's okay. I can confidently say that I have killed one, two, three, four, five, whatever number of, an un of unborn children and people will clap and say that I am the victim. Verse 2, no, chapter 2, Romans chapter 2. Let me, yeah. Do you, my friend, pass judgment on others? You have no excuse at all, whoever you are. Mm -mm -mm. For when you judge others and then do the same things which they do, you condemn yourself. We know that God is right when he judges the people who do such things as, as these. But you, my friend, do those very things which, for which you pass judgment on others. Do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or perhaps you despise his great kindness, tolerance, and patience. Surely you know that God is kind because he is trying to lead you to repent. But you have a hard and stubborn heart. And so you are making your own punishment even greater on the day when God's anger and righteous judgments will be revealed. For God will reward every person according to what he does. There is a wage for your work. Verse 7, some people keep on doing good and seek glory, honor, and immortal life. To them, God will give eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love how the Bible is so consistent. Okay, um, verse 8. Other people are selfish and reject what is right. In order to follow what is wrong, on them God will pour out his anger and fury. There will be suffering and pain for all those who do what is evil, for the Jews first and also for the Gentiles. But God will give glory, honor, and peace to all who to all who do what is good, to the Jews first and also to the Gentiles. For God judges everyone by the same standard. Same standard. Let me just highlight that. There is a standard. There is a constant fixed standard. Standard. And that is God's standard. Human beings, we cannot have a firm standard, a fixed standard, because every human heart takes one person this way and the other person that way. Even in Cain and Abel. Abel obeyed God. Abel honored God. Cain, the other way. He chose another path. This is our fallen nature. As human beings, because from the very beginning, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, they made a choice to choose themselves and their desires and not God's standard, not God's law. They muzzled God's law. Verse 11, this is Romans chapter 2, verse 11, for God judges everyone by the same 
standard. That's why I can confidently, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I don't know if tomorrow God will judge me in a different way. I don't know if tomorrow God will still have given me eternal life. I don't know if two years from now, even if I'm still believing, like God might change his mind. I don't know if God will change his mind. I'm, I'm so confident in my God because he does not change his mind. He is constant. He is consistent. He is consistent. He has a standard. The highest of all standards. I love that. I love my God. I love this. Verse 12. The Gentiles do not have the law of Moses. They sin and are lost apart from the law. The Jews have the law. They sin and are judged by the law. For it is not by hearing the law that people are put right with God. Jesus kept saying this. Do not hear and not put into practice. You should hear and put into practice. A false disciple is one who hears and does not put into practice, right? Okay, so Paul continues. Verse 13, Romans chapter 2, verse 13. For it is not by hearing the law that people are put right with God, but by doing what the law commands. The Gentiles do not have the law, but whenever they do, but whenever they do by instinct, what the law commands, they are their own law, even though they do not have the law. Their conduct shows that what the law commands is written in their hearts. That's why it's so hard for somebody who does not believe, who claims to believe God does not exist, to prove where moral comes, morality comes from. Because instinctually, like it's in, it's in us, in our hearts. God has written his law in our hearts. That's why we know it's wrong to abuse a human being, let alone a child. To allow a child, a child to be mutilated. We know deep down in our hearts that that is wrong. But we are suppressing God's truth. My goodness. Where was I? Verse 14. The Gentiles do not have the law, but whenever they do, by instinct, what the law commands, they are their own law, even though they do not have the law, the law of Moses, right? The, the Ten Commandments and 613 Commandments, all that. Even though they don't have those written laws from God, God has written the law in their hearts. Verse 15, their conduct shows that what the law commands is written in their hearts. Their consciences also show that this is true, since their thoughts sometimes accuse them and sometimes defend them. And so, according to the good news I preach, this is how it will be on that day when God, through Jesus Christ, will judge the secret thoughts of all. I think that's a good place to pause, you know? I think that's a good place to pause. If I'm to get anything from this, future Nanini, when you listen back to this, do not muzzle God's law. Again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul was not talking about muzzling God's law. The context is talking about wages, the right that he has to be given a wage from his service, right? And then I was like, yo, by the way, by the way, you know, God's law, there are, there are, 
institutions and 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 families and and nations that have used God's law to plow their land, to plow their economies, to plow their their values. And it has gotten them so far, right? It has because the law of God is consistent. It has gotten them to a very great place, right? Where may grow. But then, but then because you're choosing to serve two masters at the same time, or you're, you're muzzling God's law and choosing another law, the law of culture, you're choosing culture to rule you, to be your master, then the foundation crumbles. That's why things now, when I look online in my country, some youth, let me not say some, because my country, we are human beings just as every other nation has human beings. We are all made in God's image. That's why we have value, right? So I can look to my culture in my country. I can look to my neighbors, then my neighbor country and their culture. And I can look to another culture and see like, oh my God, where the humanity, where sons of Adam, where mankind is heading, it's not a good place. If you are continuing to muzzle God's law. So Nanini, remember this, even in your daily life. Do not muzzle God's law. When you continue to muzzle God's law, when you muzzle God's law, the house that you build falls. You're now starting to build on sand. It does not work. It cannot stand. It cannot stand. Oh, man, I think that's it. God is sovereign. God is sovereign over everything. He's the righteous judge. He's the one who gives morals. Because he is perfection. Perfection. When it comes to love, God is perfection. When it comes to 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 justice god is perfection like he's perfect when it comes to justice all these things that's why he is reliable that's why he is consistent his law is consistent so i think that's it i think i'm going to insert like my national anthem because i love i love i love the tunes so yeah okay i think that's it god thank you God, thank you. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to not muzzle your law. Help me to not help me to not shut you out, God. Holy Spirit, help me to listen to you. When I don't listen to you, I am muzzling God's law. Because we are told that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the mind of Christ. The only way I can I can understand the mind of Christ and understand what God is telling me is by listening to the Holy Spirit. I should not muzzle the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. You are the righteous judge. You are the king of kings. You are sovereign. Jesus, you are seated at the right hand of God with all sovereignty, all power, over all powers and authorities. Be spiritual, be physical. 
you are in charge. Your laws are just and they're reliable. And I, I have confidence and I can trust that you'll be consistent today, tomorrow and forever. Because you are the same today, tomorrow and forever. I am who I am. That's what you, you told Moses. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I pray that you continue convicting me on the things that I need to change. And I'm praying for my nation. And I'm praying for the world. And our generation and the future generation. God, Jesus, you are sovereign. You're seated at the, you're seated at the throne. And you're telling us by listening to you, you will guide us on the righteous paths, the paths to life. I trust that. I trust and believe and I will listen and obey with the help of the Holy Spirit because I cannot do it alone. I can't even achieve that without your help. So thank you, God, for your truth. Jesus, you said you are the way, the only way, the truth and the life. When Pilate asked you, what is truth? After you told him that, you, that those who believe in the truth that you have revealed, that your followers are those who believe in the truth, I'm paraphrasing, that those who believe in the truth that you have revealed. And from what you have been teaching, constantly teaching is that you are the truth and it's so evident to even those who choose to suppress your truth that your moral law is the perfect law thank you god it's in jesus name i pray trusting and believing amen
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully you'll be joining me every Tuesday for new episodes of the Trying Podcast. Stay safe guys. Bye.